Hello everybody, my name is Logan, and this is my first podcast. Um, Essentially, what this will just be about is just talking about, you know, what goes on in my day, what goes on in my my life, and the struggles, the ups, the downs, everything that goes on. So I'll tell you a little bit about myself. Um, as I said, my name is Logan. I am 19 years old. I live in Canada. I'm not going to say specifically where, um, just in case if anybody, you know, evil out there or something like that. Um, I work at Princess Auto and I, um, play a little bit of guitar and some video games and basically, um, there are some other things too that I'll get to later, uh, but essentially what this will just be, like I said, will just be about my day, everything that um, that goes on, and you know, just a chill conversation between me and whoever wants to listen, whoever feels like, you know, oh, this guy, I relate to this guy, or, you know, this guy seems pretty chill, he's a calm voice, I don't know, just anything, really anything, just join in, listen in, this is not like a a day, this is not like a podcast about exactly bashing or politics or, um, you know, things going on in the world, has nothing to do with COVID, there's no, no COVID at all, there's no opinions on COVID, there's no opinions on politics, it's all just about my day, the things that I go through, and my perceptions and opinions on other things. Besides those, my perception and opinion on other things. The first thing that I want to talk about is probably the fact that, you know, um, a lot of people out there uh, are struggling at the moment um, because of everything going on. And sometimes it's just good to hang out and have a conversation with somebody, even if it's kind of like a one-sided conversation. It's always good to listen and agree and just be part of the group and conversation. I don't know if you can get, like, if you can talk on here or if I can see specific messages. I haven't exactly used this kind of podcast and program before, but essentially this is kind of a, you know learn as you go kind of thing so whatever happens is whatever happens but the first thing that i want to talk about for real this time is just um a little bit more about what i want to gain from this now i struggle with some mental health and it seems like a lot of people do these days and a lot of people out there are like um, and I don't mean to dis, you know, dismiss anybody's feelings. There are a lot of people who feel like this, but there are a lot of people out there too who kind of romanticize mental health. You know, romanticize depression, anxiety, OCD, suicide, and things like that. And I, I find that kind of upsetting because it invalidates people like me and other people who actually struggle with this thing. And honestly, there's a lot of misinterpretations about certain mental health conditions um, like for anxiety depression and what depression actually is and a lot of people think one depression there's only one depression and that's just being sad or 
are really down. And I mean, they're not wrong. They're not wrong at all. But there is a lot of um, there's a lot of there's a lot more that surrounds that. Depression isn't just sadness. It's it's more of a uh, uh, lack of energy, a lack of motivation. It's basically like it sucks you dry of uh, anything that encourages you. The things that you used to enjoy, you you don't really anymore. Or that you enjoy it, but you just you don't have that energy to do it. Like um, getting out of bed to work is a really big struggle for me. It takes me at least 10 to 15 minutes to even get out of bed and I don't even have to do any preparing or anything I just get all my get all my stuff and then I bike but that just that getting out of bed in the morning to do that is a really big struggle and a lot of people think it's oh you know so much easier than that you don't um, it's not that bad just do it but it's not like it's a choice, you know? It's not like being lazy. That's the word, lazy. People think, oh, that's lazy. You're just lazy. You don't want to get... No, it's like a... physically you can't exactly move. You don't have the energy and you want to move. You want to go to work. You want to do all these things that you love to do, but you physically can't because the joy that you used to have in it isn't there anymore. And I don't know if you guys ever watched this video... It's uh, called The Black Dog. Not Black Dog as in the movie, um, but Black Dog as in a video about depression and how, you know, this black dog is everywhere, weighing you down, taking your responsibilities, and um, adding, just basically adding a lot of stress on you. And a lot of uh, other conditions can branch off of depression as well. So I'm looking on this website here. Um, it's depression, um, the causes and whatnot. And basically, I'm just going to read this page by page. I'm just going to drink some water here. Hold on a second. Well, that was loud. So I'm just going to read this here. Have you ever wondered what causes clinical depression? Perhaps you have been diagnosed with major depression. That's two depressions so far right there. There's more than one depression. I should probably mention that there's more than one depression. And that's made you question why some people get depressed while others don't. Well, um, depression is uh, an extremely complex disease. No one knows exactly what causes it, but can, uh, it can occur for a variety of reasons. Some people experience depression during a serious medical illness. Uh, others may have depression with life changes, such as a move or the death of a loved one. Still, others have a family history of depression. Those who do ex do may experience depression and feel overwhelmed with sadness and loneliness for no known reason. Um, so essentially what that means is there's really no ex explanation, no reason what causes it. There's no pure known reason. We know what can lead on to that. We know what might cause that, as in like it listed the death of a loved one, such as a serious move, life-changing events, or um, going through a, a tough time with uh, medical illness. So like if you've been diagnosed with uh, cancer, or if you've been diagnosed with something like really life-changing. Sorry, just get some more water. 
it, it can cause a lot of not just sadness but you know emptiness you know it feels like something's missing feels like some sort of emotion is missing from you and you can't exactly find it you don't know where it went you don't know what happened you don't know how to fix that and people say you know and this is the most frustrating part for me is when someone says you know just breathe just smile just try and think about happy things is like i do and that makes me more depressed because I love those happy things, but I don't have the energy to express those happy things. I don't have the energy to express the happiness I feel for those things. And all that does is put me more into a spiral. Um, and, you know, before anyone says, you know, well, that's not what I experienced. That's not what this person experiences. I have a friend who deals with depression and he, he she ex experiences it differently. That's fine everybody struggles with it and everybody has or everybody who struggles with it struggles with it in a different way shape or form but it's all the same thing it's all it's all the same and that's what i'm going to get to right away about the different kinds of depression so what are the main causes of depression i think this is um a very keen a very keen uh, point that people need to know is that uh, dang i'm thirsty today um, a lot of people need to know what causes it so they can, you know, try and help them understand why it happened, you know, how to cope with it. And a lot of people just don't understand exactly what depression is. So they just assume that it's just, oh, laziness, sadness, let's try and cheer you up. But they don't understand truly that these are certain things that can cause depression. And sometimes it's just unavoidable. It's in inevitable. Yeah, that's the word. Inevitable. And you just need to help them get through it. So the first point is abuse. Past physical, sexual, or emotional abuse can increase vulnerability to clinical depression later in life. So that's clinical depression. We'll get to major depression uh, right away, I hope. Um, certain medications, some drugs such as... Um, don't know what that one is. I can't read that word, but it's supposed to be uh, used for treating acne. The antiviral drug uh, interferon alpha and cortis uh, steroids something i don't really know what to pronounce that but you know try my best here can increase your risk of depression so something that changed the chemical balance of your brain um, or to change the chemistry in your body can also affect the chemical changes in your brain and can also lead to certain um mental illnesses like if you were to if you were to have an onset of depression and you started smoking weed like a lot of weed not just a little bit but just a lot um that can also cause onsets of psychosis and schizophrenia and um at least that's what i've heard correct me if i'm wrong but that's just what i've heard that that's something that if you smoke a, a decent amount you can increase your risk for that um conflict depression in someone who has had the biological vulnerability to develop depression may result from personal conflicts or disputes with family members or friends um so basically if you have like troubles in your family like you have um 
you know, a dad who has a drinking problem or a mom who has a controlling problem or, you know, vice versa or anything like that. Or maybe your sister, you know, isn't the best treated to you or maybe you just don't like her or anything like that. You know, any sort of conflict that can really change the, um, can really change your life and really change how you feel about certain things that can also cause it as well. And also death or loss. And some people would call this grief. Um, oh my gosh, thirsty. Death or loss. Some people will mistake in grief as, or some people will make mistaken uh, depression as grief, thinking, oh, they'll get over it eventually. But there is, and here's one thing that I need to just get out there. There is no cure for depression. It is a lifelong illness that people struggle with. It doesn't just go away. It doesn't just magically vanish. It takes months to years to even learn how to cope with it through either medication, therapy, maybe just doing your own little thing, your own little plan that makes it better for you, you know, that helps you with it kind of distracts you from it but it never goes away it's always in the back of your mind and you'll always have bad days anyone who has depression understands what bad days mean and also it's not and another thing too that i want to bring up and i'm supposed to be reading this part but another thing that i want to bring up too is that it's not a constant thing it comes in waves if that makes sense like um let's say uh, a flu, right? A flu is constant. It lasts for two to three days, depending on how long, how bad the flu is, but it's constant. You feel the symptoms all the time. It doesn't just go away and then come back and doesn't, you know, but depression, you know, you always have depression, but some days are better than others. Like some days you have more energy. You get up like right away and you, you go to work or you go to school and you're like excited. You're like, woo. And, then the next day, you just, you basically just don't want to do anything. You want to sit in your bed and just lay there and you can't do anything. And You know, that's another misconception about depression is that, oh, you're sad all the time. You never, you're never happy. And I'm like, the most depressed people are the happiest ones. You know, have you ever thought about that? Like Robin Williams, you know, no one ever knew that. I mean, of course, I'm pretty sure people knew that he struggled with certain mental illnesses, but no one expected him to do that because he always made people's people laugh. He always made people smile. He wanted to brighten up everybody's day. They don't want to burden you with, or like I wouldn't say I wouldn't say burden, but they don't want to, you know, drown you in their issues. They want to make you happy so that you don't have to feel the way that they do. And I think that's very, very powerful because, you know. You got to watch out for like, you know, the people who try and make you smile all the time or make you laugh. And sometimes you got to ask them if they are okay. And I mean, there are the people who are just cheery for, you know, whatever reason. They're just cheery. That doesn't mean they struggle with any mental health or anything. That just, they just, they're, that's just who they are. And those are people are fine. It's just the people that you need to keep an eye out for, you know, the people who show signs of depression, you know, the sudden... And we'll probably get to symptoms right away, but um, continuing on. Um, other personal problems. Um, oh, sorry. Um, I skipped ahead a couple. Genetics. Uh, 
family history of depression um, may increase the risk. It's thought that depression is a complex trait, meaning that there are probably many different genes that each ex exert a small effects rather than a single gene that contributes to disease risk. The genetics of depression, like most psychiatric disorders, are not as simple or as straightforward as in purely genetic diseases such as Huntington's chorea, I think I pronounced that wrong, most likely, or cystic fibrosis. Um, so essentially what that means is just that, um, you know, if your grandmother, if your mother, and sometimes it skips generations, but if they suffered with depression, you have an increased risk of that as well. Either it skips a generation and goes on to your kids, or it, uh, it goes on to you, and then you don't experience anything like that until your late teens, or until your early teens. Depends on how bad that is. Um, so a mixture of those, as well as... Um, like the genetics, the death or loss or conflict, things like that, that can also um, come together to form one big thing and can cause depression, can increase that risk. Um, major events, uh, even good events such as starting a new job, graduating or getting married can lead to depression. So can moving, losing a job or income, getting divorced or retiring. However, the syndrome of clinical depression um, is never just a normal response to stressful life events. So I believe what that means, um, I have to read it over a couple times just so I can understand it. My, uh, even good events, such as starting a new job, cause you know, um, I mean, I don't really see how that would, but also, um, clinical depression can come in many forms. People can experience it differently. Um, I believe an example would be if you started a new job, but I guess because you feel like you have to, or just because you have to get a job in order to supply yourself with things, that can also cause depression. Or maybe it's not the job you want. Maybe it's, you know, something that starting you off very slow and you want to go on a better path or a better job career but you kind of stuck with this one you know and that's I believe that can also cause that kind of stuff too getting married as well devoting your life devoting yourself to one person for most likely your entire life can can cause a really emotional strain on someone because sometimes people just want to feel free. Sometimes people just want to, you know, do their own thing. But it sometimes in some people, it kind of feels like being trapped. It doesn't mean that they don't love them or that they don't want to be with them. It's just, you know, that freedom that they once had is now essentially gone. And that can lead to a quite emotional roller coaster. And can be an onset of depression as long also as well if you had the others that I listed as well listed as well um, other personal problems problems such as social isolation due to other mental illnesses or being cast out of a family or social group can contribute to the risk of developing clinical depression so you know um, that one's, I mean, like if you struggle with other 
mental illnesses like uh, social anxiety, things like that, which makes it hard to communicate with other people that can also cause depression and also other mental illnesses such as OCD, BPD, anorexia, um, all the kinds of anorexias. That can cause depression too because after dealing with that a certain amount of time, it drains your energy. It, ma it makes you really, really drained and um, sucks out all the energy, if that makes sense. Um, uh, serious illnesses, like I said before, sometimes depression can coexist with major illnesses or maybe triggered by another me uh, medical condition. Especially if it affects the brain itself or starts eating the brain, um, like certain cancers maybe, or even um, even a serious, I don't know, I don't know, another medical condition that would cause that, but uh, you probably know, um, I'm pretty sure you get it. And also substance abuse as well. Nearly 30% of people with substance abuse problems also have major or clinical depression. Even if drugs or alcohol temporarily that makes you feel better, they will ultimately they ultimately will aggravate depression. So everybody who's addicted or anybody who's addicted to certain things, they know or they probably don't know that they are addicted to certain things, but it also causes depression because whether um, you're sad because you can't live without it, you have to go get it and you have to do it in order to function. And that can also drain your energy too. That can drain your motivation, things like that. It's very difficult. And all these as well, like, like I said before, especially if all these are piled up with genetics and things like that, you get a really high chance of struggling with depression when you have all these things in your life, either one or all or two or three or any of them. Either one of these can cause depression. Um, moving on. Um, hold on a second. I'm just going to get some more water. I'm going to have to get more water later on, but um, uh, let's see here. And here's another thing. Does, does depression often occur with grief? Grief is a common normal response to loss. Losses that may lead to grief include the death or separation of a loved one, loss of a job, death or loss of a beloved pet, or any number of other changes in life, such as divorce, becoming an empty nester, or retirement. Anyone can experience uh, grief and loss. But not everyone will experience clinical depression, which differs from grief in that depression involves a range of other symptoms, such as feelings of low self-worth, negative thoughts about the future, and suicide, whereas grief involves feelings of emptiness, loss, and longing for a loved one with an intact capacity to feel pleasure. Each person is unique in how they cope with these feelings for, uh, yeah. So, moving on to, um symptoms and types um, let's see here doesn't say exactly um, symptoms of depression so 
Um, everybody feels blue now and then, but most of the time it lasts just a few days and goes away as goes away on its own. Depression is different. It gets in the way of your daily life. It makes it harder to do the things you love. Um, as typically, you'll need treatment to get better. Symptoms. There are a lot of signs of depression, but you may not have them all. Um, how intense they are and how long they last are different from person to person. Like I said, that's also the same thing. Like if you say, well, my friend, you know, is depressed and she struggles, he struggles this way compared to the way you're describing yours and you know that's where this comes in is that everybody struggles with it because no two brains are alike every brain is different everybody deals with it a certain way but it's still depression and each person should get that validation and i'll talk right away about the difference between um real depression and romanticized depression i'll get to that right away but at the moment we'll list some of the symptoms and um some of the ways you might feel are sad, empty, or anxious. It will continue over time without getting better or going away. So if you're like, um, you know, other people are smiling, other people are laughing, and you're just, you're sad, you don't feel, you actually feel the opposite emotion that they do. Or you feel like an empty emotion, like where someone would be feeling um, sad, happy, or anything, but you don't match that emotion. You don't feel the same way they do, or in a typical situation where someone would feel happy, or um, like someone graduated, someone got a job, other people are celebrating, and you're just sitting there like, eh, you know, eh, doesn't, yeah, doesn't really affect me, you know, things like that. That that kind of. Um, that kind of emptiness or anxious, you know, like you're feeling, uh, I wouldn't say paranoid, but you know, you get that little hint of anxiety where, you know, your heart starts racing and, you know, you get really overwhelmed, you get really worried, you start doing what if scenarios, you know, things like that. Anxious is a really common thing with depression and that's also what branches out to anxiety as well um, and vice versa too. Um, helpless, worthless, or guilty. Uh, you may feel bad about yourself or your life or think a lot about losses or failures. And this is something that I deal with a lot is the helpless, the worthless, or the guilty. Um, I feel guilty for other people. I feel guilty for the things that I've done, even though it's not really that bad. Um, helpless and worthless, like I don't appreciate myself as much as other people do. Um, it's it, it it's very exhausting and draining not gonna lie it is very draining and i'm pretty sure other people who deal with this kind of stuff too with that specific thing will feel the same way and worthlessness goes across the mental health board it, it goes across to other mental health issues too not just depression but everything else too as, as like anxiety you know you know what if people don't think i'm good enough what you know those what if scenarios um hopeless uh, you may uh, be uh, pessimistic or believe that nothing good will ever happen. You may even think about suicide, you know. Um, you may think, you know, nothing will ever get better. This is the way I'm going to feel for the rest of my life. Why do I want to feel this way? There's no point in feeling this way. You know, no point in going on in life. And that's, you know, that's, that's a very sad thing. That's something that people need to look out for the most because that is probably one of the worst things that um, can cause, can go to, like, can ex uh, expand and, you know, get worse and end up taking someone's life. Irritable. This is also something 
that I struggle with too, depending on your depression, you may also get built up anger. Um, and that also leads to, you know, that's also from PTSD too. So that's, we'll cover that on a different topic, but, um, irritability, uh, restless or uh, more cranky than usual. So, you know, typical things that wouldn't bother the average person, you know, like you drop a pen, oh well, pick it up. But someone who has anger issues or struggle with depression will actually get physically, mentally irritated. Like it could ruin their entire day. It could put them in a horrible mood or if you, uh, you know, bang your hand on something or if you hear something you don't like or, you know, uh, what's another example? Like if something isn't done a certain way or it, it just bothers you, it irritates you a lot. And I think that's um, something that can progress into anger issues if not dealt with because you don't exactly have a way of releasing that anger so it builds up, builds up, builds up, builds up and then explodes. But that'll be another topic. Um, less interest in activities. Uh, hobbies or games you usually enjoy may not appeal to you. You may have a little or no desire to eat or you know make love, have sex. And that's something that I experienced too, especially with guitar. I used to love playing guitar. I played guitar almost every day after I got home from school. Wouldn't let go of it. Played every song that I could play on guitar. But now it's a rare occasion. It's, you know, it only happens once in a while because it's just, it's too too much work too much energy that i don't have the same thing with eating it's very hard to get up and make my own food especially if i live on my own it's very hard to get up make something to eat um which in turn can cause malnutrition things like that which can also increase the severity of certain mental health conditions um and we'll cover that a different time um less energetic you may feel extremely tired or think more slowly daily routines and tasks may seem too hard to manage and this is also the same thing with work so sometimes with someone who has depression anxiety or any sort of mental health condition will most likely experience this where they would be doing something and then everything will get really loud and fuzzy you can't concentrate on anything you can't focus on anything it all just gets really fuzzy and uh, obnoxious and you can't help but get irritated and you can't help but shake your head and try and you know shake off feels like a dizzy spell but you're not exactly dizzy i don't know if that explains it a little bit better um or um you know it's really hard to do um daily routines and activities where um, you know, something that anyone would do with ease can do it in like 10 minutes. It would take you half an hour because, you know, you get distracted, you get, uh, it's hard to focus. So then you lose track and you lose time. You kind of blank out. Um, so that's also another thing too. Trouble concentrating that also leads to as the, you know, the, uh, that's what I was just talking about before. It could be tough to focus, simple things like reading a newspaper or watching TV may be hard. You may have trouble remembering details. It might seem overwhelming to make a decision, whether it's big or small, like deciding where to eat. I can't decide at all how, like where to eat. I, it, the, it overwhelms my mind when I have to make that decision. It, it literally does. It's such a difficult thing to make such a big or small decision. 
Um, memory two. Memory is one of the biggest things that people notice with depression. And I think it's kind of like a universal um, because you don't concentrate a lot, which means you don't pay attention a lot, which means your mind doesn't exactly retain that knowledge. Like I would put something down and then five minutes later would get really angry because I don't know where I put it. I would be looking all over the place and then would find it exactly where I put it. But then I'm... It ruined my day because I lost it and I'm then that's where the worthless it's like a chain reaction one thing leads to another um, changes in the way you sleep no matter how much you sleep and I use this kind of term a lot too tired to sleep um, you may wake up too early or have trouble falling asleep the opposite can also happen you may sleep much longer than usual um, someone who has major depression at least in my experience, is that I would be exhausted. I can't do anything. I just want to lay in bed but go to, and go to sleep, but I can't sleep because I'm too, you know, too much thinking. So too tired to sleep is the kind of term that I would use, which probably doesn't make sense, but it makes sense to me. Um, changes in appetite, and that's also the um, less interest in activities as well, you know, um, either you may overeat or you may not feel hungry. Depression often leads to weight gain or weight loss. So in my condition, in my, you know, I don't eat enough. Like I don't feel hungry 90% of the time. Like I'll have a couple of snacks here or there. Maybe if I'm feeling good enough, I used to eat two or three bowls of cereal and uh, two or three servings of dinner. But I can barely eat one. If I eat more than one, I'll start to feel sick. I just don't have that kind of appetite anymore. Um, aches and pains. You may have headaches, cramps, or upset stomach or digestive problems. And, you know, and people think, you know, depression is a mental thing. How can you have physical? It, it, it comes in physical wow, waves. It, it comes in uh, physical symptoms as well. It can cause a lot of physical issues. Um, like for me, I have... Um, a kink in my neck all the time like I can't get rid of it because I'm always so stressed I'm always so tense and, and it, it causes a lot of neck pain which in, in turn causes a lot of everything else pain like back pain lower pain lower back pain things like that um let's take a look here so those are some of the things that a depressed person would experience and like I said it changes from every uh, every person because no two brains are alike um, well, let's see here um, so that's basically it for that part um, we went through or um, the causes the symptoms and types oh we didn't go through the types yet there are multiple types of depression um, so there are depression types and I'm just trying to find out the first one is major depression depression this is the one that I have major depression disorder um, you may feel you may hear your doctor call this major depressive disorder you may you might have this type if you feel depressed most of the time for most days of the week. Uh, some other symptoms you might have are, and we listed all those symptoms, as well as thoughts of suicide. Uh, basically all those we already read. Um, 
Your doctor might diagnose you with major, depressing, major depression if you have five or more of these symptoms on a most days for two weeks or longer. At least one of the symptoms must be a depressed mood or loss of interest in activities. Um, talk therapy can help. You'll meet with a mental health specialist, you know, things like that to, you know, help you cope with it. Um, um, okay, what's the next one? Uh, persistent depressive disorder. If you have depression and that lasts for two years or longer, it's called persistent depression, depressive disorder. This term is used to describe two conditions previously known as dis, uh, dysthymia, dysthymia, thymia, low-grade depression, depressive uh, persistent depression and chronic major depression um, if you have symptoms such as changing your appetite sleep too much or too little lack of energy or fatigue slow self low self-esteem trouble concentrating or making decisions or feel hopeless you may be treated with uh, psychotherapy things like that um, medication or a combination of the two um, bipolar disorder um, someone with bipolar disorder, which is also sometimes called manic depression, has mood episodes that range from extremes of high energy with an up mood to low depressive periods. And um, a lot of people, and this is what I can't, I can't stress this enough, is that people romanticize this as well, and I'll get to that right away. Um, when you're in the low phase, you'll have the symptoms of major depression. Medication can help bring your mood swings under control. Whether you're in a high or a low period, uh, your doctor may suggest a mood stabilizer, such as lithium. The FDA has approved three medicines to treat the depressed phase. Uh, Seroquel, uh, Latuda, and Olanzapine Fluoxetine. I think that's, yeah, I think that's um, Prozac. I believe that would put, what that would be called. Um... Let's see, seasonal affective disorder, and it is, and like, and um, one thing I should mention too, it is possible to struggle with more than one depression at the same time. You can have more than one kind of depression. Seasonal affective disorder is a period of major depression that uh, most often happens during the winter months when the days grow short and you get less and less sunlight. It typically goes away in the spring and summer. If you have SAD or seasonal affective disorder. Uh, antidepressants can help and so can light therapy. You'll need to sit in front of a special bright light box for about 15 to, thir uh, 15 to 30 minutes each day. So this happens a lot during the winter times and I believe, um, I believe my grandma struggles with this uh, during the winter times. And I mean winter time makes, especially if you're Canadian, winter time makes people mad, makes people pissed off. For me, I hate the winter time because my main, my main mode of transportation is a bike and I hate the cold. I hate it. I love summer. I want it to be warm all the time. And that's just regular, that's just a regular person who hates winter, who feels sad because, you know, winter's here, they want summer. But a, uh, someone who deals with seasonal affective disorder will actually have less energy, will not want to go out, will actually, ha will actually show signs of depression because it's winter because they're not getting enough of that sunlight you know 
Um, psychotic depression. Uh, people with psychotic depression have the symptoms of major depression alongside with psychotic symptoms such as hallucinations, seeing or hearing things that aren't there, delusions, false beliefs, uh, paranoia, wrongly believing that others are trying to harm you, or, you know, paranoia as in, you know, the aliens are coming to take all over us and whatever, just, you know, things like that, that kind of paranoia. Um, a combination of antidepressant and antipsychotic drugs can treat psychotic uh, depression. Ex uh, ECT may also be an option. Um, parapartum, postpartum depression, one of the two. Women who have major depression in the weeks and months after childbirth birth, may have parapartum depression. Antidepressant drugs can help similar, um, um, similarly to treat in major depression that is unrelated to childbirth. So this happens as well, where a mother who's just given birth to a child, her hormones are going through the roof because she's just given birth to a child. It could cause a lot of chaos in the brain, so that's what that would cause as well. Um, Premenstrual uh, dysphoric disorder or PMDD. Women with PMDD have depression and other symptoms such as such as other symptoms at the start of their period. Um, besides feeling depressed, you may also have mood swings, irritability, anxiety, trouble concentrating, fatigue, change in their appetite or sleep habits, and feelings of being overwhelmed. Antidepressant medication or sometimes oral contraceptives contraceptives can treat PMDD. Uh, situational depression, and this is where um, um, this isn't a technical term in psychiatry, but you can have a depressed mood when you're having trouble managing a stressful event in your life, such as a death in your family, or a divorce, or losing your job. Your doctor may call this stress response syndrome. So, um, essentially, it's basically like grief, but like a higher form. So, um, it can last a lot longer than a typical grief. I mean, I shouldn't really say that, but um, it's a lot more intense. And uh, psychotherapy can often help you get through a period of depression that's related to a stressful situation. So that part will eventually go away as more as you get over it more, as you you know, or not get over it, but you know, um, get through it. You know, work your way, get around it. You know. And atypical depression. Uh, this is uh, this type is different than the persistent sadness of a typical depression. It is considered to be a specifier that describes a pattern of depressive symptoms. If you have atypical depression, a positive event can temporarily improve your mood. Other symptoms of atypical uh, depression include increased appetite, sleeping more than usual, feeling of heaviness in your arms and legs, and oversensitive to criticism. Um, well, let's see here. Antidepressants can help, and your doctor may suggest a type called SSRI, the Selective Serotonin uh, Reuptake, Reuptake Inhibitor, uh, as a first-line treatment. They may also sometimes recommend an older type of antidepressant called an MAOI, uh, Monoamine oxidase inhibitor, which is a class of antidepressants that has been well studied in treating atypical depression. So, 
those are the um i don't think it's said anything about clinical depression mm, thought that it would but uh i believe that it's listed all of those so i mean here let me just look up uh, what is um clinical depression and we'll see what that one is so um i guess okay i mean i think clinical depression is a more severe form of depression also known as oh okay so that is my mistake major depression or major depressive disorder it isn't the same um, so that would be clinical depression now it's, i thought it was a two completely different thing my sources got messed up then it's a good thing we covered that so essentially that's all of it that's all that depression part so go into the romanticizing depression and the regular and like a proper depression is that you know you see this all the time where um, you see it on social media where you know I lost the charger for my phone and now I'm gonna kill myself or um, I didn't get the car that I want so now I'm gonna kill myself or you know my friend just left me for another person or you know my boyfriend just left me for another person and I'm gonna kill myself like now of course a boyfriend leaving for another person that's a very um, upsetting thing and it can cause an onset of depression but one thing that is for certain is that no one no one with depression openly admits to wanting in themselves at least not to my knowledge i've never met a depressed person who openly admits to social media and everyone out there that they want to end themselves if they are having thoughts of ending themselves the proper thing to do is to talk to a psychiatrist is to talk to a crisis line things like that but the first thing should not be to post it all over social media that's called romanticizing and a little bit of attention seeking now if you want to express your unsafeness to other people across the web a better way of saying it would be i am feeling very overwhelmed right now can someone dm me can someone privately message me and that's okay and that would cause you know that would be someone would come up to him and say hey are you okay what's uh, what's wrong talk to me i'm here to help you things like that but it's, when you openly say i'm going to kill myself all over social media um that shows attention seeking behavior and no one's really going to show that much because they know like i don't openly admit to things like that because if i were to ever struggle with something like that if i were to ever um have those kind of urges i would call someone like my friends my family or crisis line or go to therapy or you know things like that but it's never a good idea to say that because it can raise concern for other people they might call on you which isn't always a bad thing it's not a bad thing but it is if they don't actually want to and then they just wasted their time when they could be going to another person who actually having those bad thoughts nobody wants um i mean there are people and this is really brave who openly admits that they struggle with depression they want just want to put that out there saying hey you know 
time I struggle with a certain thing, so if I feel like out of the mood, it's not you, it's just because of this, and I respect that. I respect those kind of people who go out there and say, you know what, I struggle with this, this is something that I deal with, this is how, you know, this is my life, and they just want people to know that. They want people to know that they struggle with that and that they're dealing with that, and if they, you know, ever feel overwhelmed, they might come to them and ask them for advice or you know, just for a talk, it's, it's good for that, but, um, one thing that irritates me is that people, um, it feels like people want to struggle with depression, or that they want to struggle with some sort of mental health, it seems like everybody has depression nowadays, um, but that's not the case, I'm pretty sure a lot of people have depression out there, and I'm not dismissing any of the people that do, but, there are a lot of people out there as well who pretend to have that or exaggerate that they have that. You know, if they feel sad um, because um, whatever reason, um, like they might exaggerate it, saying, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm, I just have, I have depression now because of this specific event," and um, will refuse any offer of help. That's the sign, is that if you give them an offer of help, they'll refuse it and say, no, 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 but they'll keep bragging about it, they'll keep talking about it, saying that they're going to end themselves and that they don't want to live anymore. And that's very frustrating because it's very hard for therapists, police, paramedics to take anyone seriously because of that reason. They're going out to false calls all the time because their concerned family members saw their posts on social media saying they're going to end themselves. They called the cops. But in, act in actuality, they're, they're not in danger. They could be going to another call. Now, of course... If you feel like you're actually in danger and you just want to talk to somebody, they encourage you to call 911 because at least if you're talking to someone, they know you're safe. They know you're okay. But if you're openly posting that specific detail on social media, that doesn't, in my opinion, it doesn't seem like something that you should do. And if you really feel like you're unsafe, talk to a crisis line, talk to somebody who's actually going to be able to help you. Posting it on social media, you, it, could send to, it could be sent to somebody all the way in India or in Europe and they're not going to be able to do anything. But they'll see that and people actually will get overwhelmed because, you know, is it, it's a natural human feeling to feel sorry for someone and to feel stressed for someone because you don't know what what they're going through you don't know if they actually are going to do it and they're going through the stress or like i wonder if that person's okay i'm really worried about that person and you're putting them through an emotional distress while you're sitting there not actually dealing with that so it's a really bad thing it's really not a good idea to post that specific detail online and it's it's it hurts a lot of people who actually struggle with those kind of feelings because they're like that's very invalidated for them they're openly admitting to doing that wanting to do that to themselves but they don't actually want to do that to themselves and then the people who actually want to do it to themselves aren't even opening up they're being silent and people don't even know um another thing would be um romanticizing depression where um they talk about themselves more than talk about other people or depression as a whole they talk about their own depression now um, I don't know how to explain this like if they're talking to somebody and um, someone else 
you know, talks about their depression. It's like, you know, I have a, I have a very lack of motivation. You know, it's really hard to get out of bed. This morning I cried for 10 minutes because I really couldn't get out of bed, but I really wanted to get out of bed and I just couldn't. And then the other person would be like, oh yeah, I totally experienced that too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally get what you mean. I totally, like, literally I cried for five minutes because, you know, my charger broke. So, or my, uh, or uh, what was it? Would be another example. Just trying to think of an example that I've seen before, but I can't exactly. Um, I know I use a charger broke a lot because that would be what someone would be upset about. Um, uh, anyways, the whole you get the. You, I'm pretty sure you can put a scenario in your head of what what that would be like. But they would turn it out on themselves. They won't listen to that person who's really struggling. They'll, turn it on themselves they'll start venting about themselves and it's okay to have a conversation don't get me wrong it's okay to have a conversation and um talk about each other's depression as a whole um to talk about you know who struggles with one more thing who, who struggles with things and, and the other person struggles with another thing and you know they're really getting along because they're conversing with their mental health and they're like oh wow okay like that's one thing that you struggle with. See, I have it a little differently and this is my struggle here and you know, you have it a little differently and they, they, they have a conversation about it. They, they converse about it. They um, connect about it. But someone who wants attention and um, who's kind of romanticizing it will bring it all about themselves and not really let any leeway for the other person to continue talking about theirs. They'll just talk about their own and leave it at that. And that's very frustrating because when it comes to depression, and this is where it leads to anger issues too, it builds up, it builds up because a depressed person doesn't exactly, I mean, most, I bet that there are depressed people out there who actually go to therapy and talk, but there's some people who just don't have that strength yet. And they, they build up, they build up because they're holding so much down, they're holding so much back. And whenever they talk to someone, they talk over them or they talk about themselves and don't give them that much leeway to to talk about their own like and it builds up and builds up and the next thing you know they have a um, an episode where um they just can't take it anymore and they try something not so safe but they won't tell anyone because they don't have anyone to open up to and that's why it's frustrating for some people to um romanticize things like that like you shouldn't um claim you have depression unless you've actually talked to someone i know i know um my girlfriend she has a friend uh, or she had a friend that would match her every single one of mental disorders like she struggles with a lot of things and um her friend would match every single one of that but she didn't go to the doctor she just automatically said that she had it now and that's what i mean is romanticizing it's like you'll compare to other people's mental disorders and try and compete over that saying well i have it worse i have it you know way worse than you you don't understand what i'm going through and that's what's frustrating is that i see that happening to her all the time with some of her friends that she'll try and talk to them saying you know what i'm feeling very unsafe i just need to talk to someone i need you to call someone for me can you please do that and they'll be like you know if you understood exactly what i went through um you don't understand the thing I went through if you actually had the issues that I had you would totally understand what mental illness is and that's very invalidated and she she was very upset and that made me very upset because how could you do that to somebody how could you 
dismiss their feelings. I wouldn't ever do that to somebody because if they said they, they struggled with the same things that I did, you know, not in a cocky way. If they like, if someone said that they struggle with depression, I'd be like, I struggle with depression too. Maybe let's talk about it. How do you feel about it? How do you go on your day about it? Maybe we can teach each other our own techniques that works best. And see, that's a good conversation. But when you try and top someone else's saying, well, I have it way worse, you know, you know, I self-harm last night compared to you crying for 10 minutes to get out of bed. Like, there's no call for that. Every person who struggles with mental health is just as important. Doesn't matter how severe it is. Doesn't matter if the person is just no, lack of, uh, you know, lacking motivation compared to a person who's self-harming every day. You know, it doesn't matter. Each person is just as important. Um, so apparently the limit is 60 minutes, so I'm gonna have to cut this. But um, that's my talk about depression and. Um, romanticizing it just don't post that all over social media just don't romanticize don't talk with other people validate each other's feelings don't do that kind of stuff it's not okay um and i really hope that people who listen to this i don't even know if i should post this or not because i'm kind of a little self-conscious about it but um anybody who listens to this leave some sort of review leave some sort of comment if you can any any sort of advice or opinions that you have about the matter maybe i got something wrong maybe you don't agree with certain things and you can totally voice that and i'll i'll completely uh i'll do my best to look it over and see what i can what i can change about that but the next time i don't even know what i'm going to talk about probably my day actually um and like i said i was going to talk about my day but i didn't um so to recap we talked about depression, what it is, what causes it, the different kinds of depression, the symptoms you might experience, and um, the romanticizing about depression and how you shouldn't do those certain things. It's just really invalidating to everybody else. And if you really want to be validated, just send a message to your friends, send a message to your family, send a message to crisis. Just talk to somebody. Don't post it all over social media for attention. Because the best way to get attention is if you communicate, not brag. And I think that's what a lot of people are doing. It's just bragging and not exactly communicating. So I'm, I really thank you for listening. If you've listened to my little podcast here. And um, I will try and make another one later on. Um, I'll try and make one tomorrow. Um, so... Stay tuned, and uh, you guys have a good night.